Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Trevor, the three simple steps. Buzz through those for us. Well, the first one is always mentality, taking control of your mentality back because most people, um, you know, by no one's fault, uh, become susceptible to the media that they watch and the opinions of other people. And, you know, the, the true measure of freedom is to be independent of the good opinion of other people. And so the first thing is getting your mentality control back. And so that requires a lot of discipline and cutting down the amount of sensational news headlines you allow yourself to be exposed to and all that kind of thing, cutting out the complainers of your li- out of your life and, and really letting go of the people who, who become sort of energy vampires. So that's the first part. And then the second part is once you get control of your mentality back, then you, your energy grows. You, become, you, you get back to your individualism that you had when you were born but has been suppressed for all these years. And so what do you do with that newfound energy? So you, you have to connect it. You have to plug in, as I call it. So you plug in, and, and there's different ways of doing that. There's lots of tools and techniques included in the, in the book. But you know, a lot of, one of the biggest ones, of course, is getting back into nature and, and, and making sure that you meditate and you're able to let your 100 billion neurons that you were born with actually go out and play and do the things they were supposed to do when you were born and they haven't mm-hmm. been able to do for whatever age you are. And then after that, it's how you take that power, that kind of depth of power that you've now developed, and you aim it at something. So now you, it's, a, it's a bit like drawing a bow and adding an arrow, and then how do you aim the arrow? So you aim the arrow, what do you go at? And so you set an intention, and an intention is not a goal. An intention is something that fills you full of awe and flow, and it's, it's, you, it doesn't matter what it may be. It could be an arts or crafts, but in my case, it's in business. And so for me, it was you know creating a company that had an impact, and I'm in the medical field, had an impact in patients' lives and, and was a huge success. So you know I, I did that whole process. Started it with two hundred dollars and sold it for one hundred and five million, and I've done that in a row. Yeah, it's good. The numbers make people happy. People say that's fantastic, but it's so easy. It's not difficult. It's 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 so much easier than people think, and so that's why I wrote the books. And so my mother always taught me do the right thing. And so when I sold my first company, you know, I said to my wife, "What do I do now?" And she said, "Well, do another one." Yeah, well, she well she said write it up, send it out, and then start another company. And that's what, you know I I learned thirty eight years ago to say yes, dear. So I <laughs> said yes, dear, and uh, and that's what I've done. So I've done it. I'm on my fifth company now. So I've done it. You know, I'm, I've sold three companies. I've got two that I'm running right now. But it, but it's it's a lot simpler than people think. And so I don't want I don't want your listeners to be put off by the numbers. Every single person that's hearing this is capable of doing exactly the same thing because I have no qualifications and no talent. I just I just have followed these principles. These steps the three simple steps and i and and the authenticity of it is that there's no one in the world who needs those three simple steps more than me even today so i still follow the three simple steps in everything that i do you obviously do must have known something about the businesses right even though they might not have been your chosen field no you know it's not i didn't because because the thing is all the good entrepreneurs that i know the successful ones that i know and if i'm you know, if I can be humble enough to consider myself successful by the way people judge success, sure. they didn't start out to be successful entrepreneurs. They they started out to fix something or create something that didn't exist. So people get mad, okay? So like Richard Branson got mad because he couldn't get to his girlfriend when his flight was canceled. So he chartered an airplane, filled it up with strangers, and hey, presto, he starts an airline called Virgin Atlantic. Uh, Susan Blakely, uh, so she gets upset. So she gets upset because she has this pantyhose with a, a line on it. And um, and so she cuts the toe off and she figures out what if I make these things this way and she she builds a billion dollar business that way and so with my own company it's the same thing things got under my skin and I decided you know what 
I need to do something about that. And that's what most entrepreneurs are. Most entrepreneurs don't start out to be entrepreneurs. They start out with something that's an issue or something that gets under their skin, and they decide to fix it, and they become entrepreneurs by default. Well, and people would expect, though, that you had to work 100 hours a week in order to do this. You didn't. You, You worked about, what, five hours a day, maybe? Well, I've, I've always worked, well, for five hours or less than five hours a day, but it's not a gimmick or a new agey thing. It's a, it's a deliberate um, way to keep peak brain performance. So the thing is, when you work in the corporate world, all the surveys that have been, you know, been, been done to look at how people work and how much productivity there is shows that the average person who works nine hours a day is only productive for about two hours and 53 minutes in that environment. And the rest of the time is around the coffee, uh, you know, the coffee pot or the water cooler or, or searching online, talking to family or whatever it may be. So when you start your own company, you, you kind of go into the company thinking, well, I've got to work eight or nine hours a day, and burnout is a real issue when you do that because you don't have all those distractions anymore. You, you're, you're on your own. And so you have to uh, be very careful how you, how you uh, structure your day and to be productive. So what I do is I structure my day into dedicated work times and then dedicated distraction times. So the dedicated work times are where I'm working on something where I need a lot of analysis. And then after two hours, you can't concentrate for more than two hours. That's proven scientifically. So you move out and you go for a walk or you meet your partner for a, for a, for a lunch or something like that. And, um, and you just, you, so you split your day up like that. So basically five hours of productive work and two or three hours of deliberate distraction work. But you have to be very disciplined about it. And so the, the practical magic of the five-hour workday it kind of gives you tools and techniques in order to be disciplined about splitting. When you're in business by yourself, splitting your workday up into that that sort of uh, structure. And that's available on the website. And it's, there's no gimmick with it. There's no attachment to it. You can just go on the website and download it. You must have a gift or a knack to hire good people. You must. Uh, I, yeah, so so intuition is the key. And so all the tools and techniques, one of the one of the... The core things that we aim at with all of these tools and techniques is to develop a deeper intuition. Now, you know, females have a huge advantage in this field because they all, they all, they all seem to have this incredible intuition. Uh, men don't prize their intuition as much today as they used to several hundred years ago. So people like me have to really work on the intuition. So there's tools and techniques to deepen your intuition. So when you're hiring people, it's not so much about trying to hire the best person or trying to analyze who, you know, who's got the best qualifications. It really, you have to go with your instincts and your gut. And so if you, if you use certain tools and techniques that can deepen your intuition, then you can make better decisions. It's amazing how it works. It seems difficult, but it's pretty simple once you really understand it, right? Understand what? The, the, the techniques and the principles behind this. Yes, because, I, well, first of all, so as a, as a kid, you know, I read hundreds of, of biographies, and so I saw these patterns of behavior in all successful people in business, in arts, in adventures. Um, you know, I saw the same patterns of behavior, and I just decided to mimic them because I wanted to get out of my version of quicksand. And I found that, oh, my God, it works for me, too. And so I just followed, I just, I followed that. Now, with, being, with then becoming a physicist, and then trying to understand the interaction of, of matter and energy, then I realize why these things work. Obviously, these other people just did it, and it worked, and so they just kept doing it. I've, so I've, I've understood the science behind it. And I think we live in an age where, where people are rightly cynical, and um, they need the science and the facts behind 
why does it, you know, so, so, okay, I'll do this technique, but why does it work? And so that's what my books talk about is not just do this because I say to do it, but do it because scientifically it's proven to be a good thing to do. Did you find a certain niche, niche that uh, you developed your companies around? Uh, did you find a need and then you built the company around that need? Yeah, so I found, I found things that made me mad and then I started and I didn't really know what I was getting into when I started. So, you know, the first one, I, I fell out with my boss, who was the CEO of a small company in, in uh, the Midwest, uh, where I was working at the time. Uh-huh. And, and, and I decided, you know, so I couldn't get him to believe my... So I, I gave him a plan. I said, look, we need to do this. And I, this went on for about a year. Every, you know, every three months, we'd have a big argument, a big blow-up. And I said, we need to do this. And he would, he would give me good reasons why it shouldn't be done. And I completely agree why... You know, I understood his reasoning. He, sure. he wasn't making a bad decision. But then in the end, you have to say, okay, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. So I convinced him to sell me the rights to the product that was the issue between the two of us. And then I just started, and um, I didn't know what I was doing. And I don't think you need to know what you're doing. You just need to start, and you figure it out from there. Does luck play a factor in any of this, Trevor? I don't believe so. None, huh? Uh, none, none whatsoever. Not. I, I, I think you can look back and you can say, wasn't that lucky that I bumped into that person at that point in time? Right. Wasn't it lucky that that person pointed me to somebody else? And wasn't it lucky that I just happened to be in that place at that point? I, I don't think that works at all. So I think if you, I don't think it's luck. I think if you set a strong intention and you hold it in your mind with a great imagination and great emotion, then I think all synchronicity falls into place. And the way I've looked at it in my life is if, if I was to try and say, how am I going to get from here to where I want to go? I could never figure it out. But when I've got to where I intended to go and I look back, I always look back and I go, well, my goodness, if that hadn't happened, then that wouldn't have happened. And if that hadn't happened, then that wouldn't have happened. And it seems like a magical sort of snakes and ladders. Um, you, you, could, you could never figure it out looking forwards, but looking backwards, you say, well, it all seemed to be falling into place. But I think it falls into place only because you have the right attitude and you hold this high intention. No matter what, you hold on to your dream, no matter what. It's like destiny takes over. Something takes over and makes these things happen for you, doesn't it? It is, it, it is for me. It's almost like life recognizes the, 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 the magic and the light of this huge dream that you have and says, you know what, I'm going to help this guy out. And then all these things fit into place. And, that, you know, so I, I write about this extensively in, the, in, the, in books, and, and I teach it in my courses, too. And I have thousands of emails from all over the world of people experiencing exactly the same thing. Once they get this huge intention and they hold it, no matter what, then this magic seems to happen around them. And they end up just shaking their head and saying, this is just incredible. It's, it's so incredible that if I wrote it as a screenplay, no one would believe it. What would you say, Trevor, for you personally, has been the most magical thing that you think has happened to you? Well, I have to go back in time a little bit to, um, to when I was younger, and uh, I, w- I, had, I was in the Royal Navy, and I took compassionate leave. And uh, there was a big soccer game on TV, and I just, I, I was lonely, and I, all my mates had girlfriends, and they were all getting engaged and getting married. Yeah. And I felt that I must have two heads or something. And, um, and nothing was working on that front for me at all, but I really did feel lonely and I wanted a partnership. I just wanted someone to spend time with and sure. enjoy life with. Absolutely. And uh, so it was my turn to take my mother for her chemotherapy. She was, she was um, uh, dying of breast cancer at the time. Oh, and I, w- I was being a typical young idiot. You know, I didn't want to go because there was a soccer game on TV. But it was my turn, so reluctantly I took her to the hospital. And uh, I was wheeling her through the ward. And the door opened and a nurse stepped out and the nurse and my mum hugged and I could tell they had a huge bond. 
and um, that's my wife today. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It was wonderful. I got it. It was like a lightning bolt hit me in the back of the head. You talk about magical. Mm. That's it, it. It works that way. It does. It does. Uh, I mean, it, it took me six months to pluck up the courage to actually ask her out, but that's a different thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That you got to do on your own. <laughs> exactly. What What would you say is out there that makes these things happen? Is it Is it the, a godlike thing? What What's happening out there that makes these things happen? Because we both agree it's not luck. There's something else there. I don't think it's outside of us. I think it's in. I, I personally think it's inside of us. So, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't care if I'm a, a, a living sentient being and I don't care if I'm a hologram and I don't care if I'm a pawn in some God's video game. I just want to be happy and successful in whatever I happen to be of any of those things. I don't really care what it is. But, but you know, in any religion, I'm not religious, but, but, uh, but I've studied many religions. And so in every religion, you have the phrase, the kingdom of God is within. And I do believe that it's inside of you and you have to tap sure. into that. And you can do it with simple ways. You, can, you know, meditation and, and, and uh, reflection, contemplation, walking in nature. Those, those things help you get within inside yourself and find something you never realized existed, this power that's inside. And I think everyone has the ability to tap inside themselves and do and become the best version of themselves. Do you meditate often? Every day, every morning. Yeah, I, I do. Since I was uh, since I was about twenty-two. Now, what is your technique for meditation? What's how do you do it? Uh, very simple, because I'm because my mind is like everybody else's; it's full of chatter all the time. Um, so I, I call it taking quiet time, and it's, so I get up half an hour before anyone else in the house is awake, and I find a nice quiet corner of the house or the yard or the if or the woods if it's a nice if it's a good season, and um, I just sit quietly and I do my my I follow my breath uh, for twenty to thirty minutes, and that's it. Nothing more complicated than that. Do you feel charged up after that? Um, I, I don't feel any different, but if on the, on the days when I don't do it, if, if let's say I'm getting a five o'clock flight or something like that, um, Lynn, my wife, will tell at three o'clock in the afternoon, she'll say to me, you didn't take your quiet time this morning, did you? And she can perceive a difference in my persona and my energy wow. and my enthusiasm. Uh, and I have to admit to her, I, 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 look, I very sheepishly admit to her, like, like a dog with his tail between his legs. Yeah. No, no, I didn't. I skipped it this morning. Uh, and so, so everyone else notices it, but I perhaps don't. If you've ever had like a couple days that you went without meditation in a row... Uh, it has happened, especially you know if, you, if I've had the flu or something like that. Okay. On rare occasions that that's happened, and um, I can't imagine my life without taking meditation. All my best ideas come when I meditate. So, so I, I feel a lack of uh, creativity when I don't do it. And uh, meditation so. works for different people in different ways, doesn't it? Well, I you, so you see, I think of meditation as sort of a group word, like sport. So if someone, if a Martian arrived now and said, tell me about sport, I'm a soccer fan, so I'd get a football and a soccer ball and we'd go to the field and play soccer. You're, you're a Manchester so, United fan, aren't you? I thought you said we couldn't curse on this phone. Okay, that's true, we can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a Liverpool. I'm oh, okay. Uh, so, so, um... I took a chance. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good try. Um... <laughs> So, uh, so you know, so I, I would, I would do that, but someone else would take him bowling, or someone else would take him to play badminton or, or tennis or something. So, so I think meditation is the same thing. There are thousands of techniques. You just have to find one that works for you. They all have the same benefits at the core, but just find one that works for you. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about the free download on your website. 
So it's a practical magic of the five-hour workday. It talks about the 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 old days, the good days before the industrial revolution, and what life was like, which I think is in our DNA. And then it talks about how that was ripped from us through the industrial revolution, and how we live in this amazing time now. There's never been a better time to reinvent yourself or start a company and get rapid financial independence. And I think a lot of people will look back on this time as, as you know, I might look back as a grandparent or a great grandparent and look back and say that was the time to be anything you want possibly want to be because we live in a time where technology allows us to sit in front of our computer and engage the world instantly so we can get big fast and we can be successful very quickly if we do things in the right way if you follow the steps in the right way there's nothing to stop you being successful listen to more coast to coast am every weeknight at 1 a.m eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more